Welcome back. We are talking once again about million dollar careers and how to make one for yourself. Rob, what's happening? Got my buddy Rob Houghton here, as always. What's Morning, Craig. There, how Rob? are you, man? Um, have a, having a nice restful uh, weekend here, Labor Day weekend. So all's good. We are loving. I'm loving Labor Day. I just got out of the ocean. Literally, I walked out from. I was down at Riceville Beach. We were, yeah, doing some swimming, doing some surfing, and I literally walked out. And just came over here to do this podcast. It's a great weekend. Yeah, I just so, got a good workout in myself. So, so excuse my excuse my attire. No, man. Where's the surfboard? Uh, it is out in the truck. Oh, good. So. <laughs> You got to use that as a prop behind you, man. You I need to. Uh, yeah, I think there's a surfboard. There's one. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's right. And the, uh, also the spear gun, too. You need that. You need the spear gun. There you go. So all good. What's happening? So anyway, hey, happy Labor Day weekend. Let's talk um, Let's talk million-dollar careers. Um, better yet, more focused. Let's talk about becoming the guy. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about becoming the guy or the gal. The, yeah, the gal or the girl. I had a conversation where this all, you know, look, it, yeah, we were in Saratoga last week. Yeah. And, you know, talking to our friend in the bar who was looking for some advice. And my advice to her was, you have made it in life when you need nobody. You know, freedom is when you are, you, 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 you don't need a boss. You don't need an employer. You don't need a, anybody. You know that you can make it on your own no matter what. That's freedom. Yeah, yeah. As, as a matter of fact, as a sidebar, um, I'm I'm going to have that woman on my show, to, uh, Daniela, probably in two weeks, because I was also really impressed with the passion that she showed. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that that's to be coming. She's going to be a rock star. Yeah, yeah. She's she's got she's going to be a rock star. Yeah, and it was it was a lot of fun talking to her and her friends, and just you know listening to their careers and where it's going. But I was also talking this week, twenty seven year old young professional, aerospace engineer, put himself through college, graduated with high marks. He's in an engineering role now, and a very and he's got incredibly unique knowledge in specific products you know and i'm listening to him he goes i want to be a ceo he's getting a little bored i think being the engineer and he knows where he wants to go and he's applying to business school he's been accepted to business school he's like i want to be a ceo i go no you don't you want to be the guy you want to become the guy. Your CEOs come and go. Yeah. You want to become the guy. He's like, what do you mean? And I said, you want to be the expert. You want to be the person people come to every time they need something. And that's where you get your freedom. Because when you're the guy, people need you more than you need them. Yeah. And that's power. That's where you get your power from in life. Yeah. And people need you more than you need them. I mean, it's just kind of a. So we're, we're talking a little bit about how he becomes the guy. Yeah. I just said you become indispensable to your company. You become the you become the expert 
and everything technical on your product. Okay. Your boss needs something, needs a question. You, you have the answer to it. You study it. You become that expert. And I was like, there's a, there's a conference coming up. I know this conference. I've been to it. Cost $1,500 to go to it, plus travel. It's $3,000 all in. He's a single kid. He's a single kid making 120 grand a year. I'm like, you got enough money to go take $3,000 and you go to this conference. And before you go to the conference, you email everybody that's going to be there and just say, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you at this conference. If you have any questions about this product, which they will, I am coming with the answers. Let's make sure we meet. He's like, I can do that. I'm like, hell yeah, you can do that. That's how you become the guy. Yeah, so I would add to that uh, becoming the guy or the gal. I go back to my leadership training with uh, U.S. Special Forces, and I'm thinking, how do these guys become the guy, right? Because if you're a Green Beret or a Navy SEAL, everybody has to be the guy, okay? Mm -hmm. Because you're only as strong as your weakest link. So I, I look back on some of the uh, on some of the guys I worked with. So I'm thinking number one, how they became the guy. You've got to be a serious red teamer. In other words, in the corporate world, you got to be the guy in the meeting that raises his hand when everyone else is involved in group think. Everyone else is saying the same thing. Yes, boss. Yes, boss. Great idea. Great idea. Mm -hmm. You got to be the guy or the gal in that room that raises their hand and says, excuse me, but has anyone thought about this? Has anyone thought about that? That is extremely valuable. Those people don't grow on trees. Very, very difficult to find somebody in an organization mm -hmm. that's a true red teamer. And it is a balancing act because you don't want to make people look bad. You don't want to piss anybody off. There's, you have to, there's a certain nuance to it. You have to be assertive, but not aggressive. Mm -hmm. And you have to have the answers too. You have to have alternative solutions. Number one is red teaming. The other thing you got to be able to do is, and I go back to special forces again, these guys stay alive, not only because they're the guy, but because they're able to improvise. You've got to think creatively out of the box. You've got to be able to make good decisions. How do you do that? You've got to be able to critically think. How do you develop the skill of critical thinking? You got to round yourself out. You, you, you got to be reading all the right books. You got to be talking to people. I mean, you have to be able to make good decisions because if you want to be the CEO or the COO or you want to be the guy, you have to have a reputation as making good decisions. Mm -hmm. And the third thing I'll just I'll just mention here is you have to be able to know yourself. I look at people and I look at there's vocations and there's careers. A career is what we talk about mostly. How do you how do you develop, you know, how do you plan, build, and supercharge your career? Okay. A vocation is like if you're walking through the woods and you hear a calling through the forest. That's a vocation. You got to be able to recognize what you're really good at and what you love to do. It's called passion, whether it be a sculpture, a musician, a businessman, an educator, an athlete. If you can tap into being a vocation, and when I'm teaching these guys and coaching Green Berets in a group setting. The first time I meet these guys, I always ask the same question. Hey, I'm just curious. Why do you guys do this? Why do you put yourself in harm's way? Like, like, like why is it, right? And if I hear 
if I hear because my dad did it, if I hear because I want to be the best of the best, you know, if I hear I'm a patriot, it's all bullshit. You're never going to be the best. Okay. I want to hear because since I was a kid, I wanted to be a soldier. Mm-hmm. This is what I was put on this planet to do. Mm-hmm. That's a vocation, not a career. Right. So that's sort of my take from my you know, dealings with uh, special forces and other yep. special operations guys. So I look at it this way. Credible. You know, Michael Burry, big short. I just read an article. He's not real. Yeah. He's not real bullish on the stock market, stock market right now. Yeah. He's the guy. He's very credible. You know, he emptied out his yeah, he emptied out his investment account. He's all cash now. But he's credible. People are going, hey, Michael, what are you doing? He goes, I'm going all cash because I don't know where this whole market's going. I get it. Yeah. You got to be strong. Like you said, you got to be willing to go against the grain. And say, you know, stand, I mean, holding your hand up and going, mm, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I think being a quiet leader, you know, leadership is not always being out front. Leadership is being the person who's, once again, credible, who's willing to put themselves out there, who's willing to help people, you know, who's the resource for others to, you know, he's a resource for others to grow from or she, yeah, yeah, he or she. And, and, and I think that at the end of the thing, it's the master of the craft. You're the, you're the, you know, look, if anybody, if for all the insurance agencies up in the, you know, the big insurance agencies up in the, the DC area, you're the guy you're so focused up there. Yeah. They're coming to you going, Hey Rob, you know, everybody. Who do we hire? Well, and, and you can sit there and you can literally, you walk, how many meetings do you walk into just a pair of boots and jeans and t-shirts when everybody else is in a suit and tie? Because look, uh, I'm just coming in. I'm going to stay five minutes. I'm going to give you, you know, you know, give you the answers and I'll walk out. I think that's yeah. just about all of them actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've earned that right. <laughs> right. People, people, I mean, people are okay with the boots and the jeans, but it's when I walk in with a sleeveless t-shirt, I get a couple. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Come on, man. You gotta, yeah. Yeah. There you so, go. So my wife has convinced me to go to a long sleeve dress shirt. So there you go. All right. Yeah. See, and I do comb my hair, although it's not very well combed this morning. I don't know what the hell is going on with this thing, but you know, but, uh, another thing too is, and I've learned this the hard way. This is one of the things I've had to overcome. Humility. Mm-hmm. You know, hubris will get people in a lot of trouble. Oh, my God. I mean, when you get to be truly the best of the best, when you are the guy that specializes in the impossible, you you kind of know that. You know what I mean? And then if you're not careful, you carry that around with you and uh, you'll start making mistakes. You won't be as sharp yep. as you were. And I mean, hubris and humility has brought down most of the great people in the whole history of the world. You think of Julius Caesar, Alexander mm-hmm. the Great, Genghis Khan, Napoleon, Hitler. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on and on. Hubris. I mean, that mm-hmm. is the enemy of true success. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And and that's the, yeah, I love the old term. Ego is not your amigo. Exactly. Ego right. is not your amigo. <laughs> And, you know, the, I think about like Wall Street, how many hedge fund guys have been brought down because they couldn't get out of their own ego? You know, we'll skirt the we'll, we'll, we'll skirt the rules on this one. 
We'll skirt the rules a little more on that. Oh, it's no big deal. We're just skirting the rules. And then one day the SEC comes in and, yep. Yep. you know, they're, they're walking out in handcuffs because their egos got bigger than their brains. Right. And they just couldn't they just couldn't rein themselves in. But I think but once again, I think that's the thing is humility. But, you know, you know as, I, as I go back on the conversation with this young fellow last week. Sitting in a cubicle does horrible things to people, their mind, they're in this cubicle or they're, they're just sitting there and, 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 you know, you know where I'm talking about. It just, it makes you go brain dead in a lot of ways. And I think he's kind of at that point now where he's feeling like, Hey, maybe yeah, I know I need to go do something, but I'm stuck. Where do I go? That's what I'm like, yeah, here's what you do. Yeah. Become indispensable. And he's like, wow. I never thought about it that way. Or the other way I would look at it is, so you're sitting at your desk, you don't really know what to do. Maybe you're not doing the right thing. So I had this conversation this past weekend with a mutual friend of ours. And I said, you know, you got to dive in inside of your head and figure out like who you are. How do you do that, Rob? Well, you do things like meditation. You do things like journaling. You got to figure out, you, you have to, you have to take yourself. If you don't have a coach, I mean, they obviously need to just get a coach. Right. But if you don't have a lot of money, you got to take yourself on that self-discovery tour mm -hmm. and come up with self-realization, like self-actualization, because you can't get the self-actualization until you get the self-realization. So you got to figure out like, mm -hmm. who am I and what am I want to do? What is my role here? Do I even yeah. want to be an analyst? Do I even want to be an accountant? You know, right. my first job out of college was I was a CPA. I worked for mm -hmm. Arthur Anderson and company. I was the youngest senior accountant in the history. I was 22 years old because I graduated from college early. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting at my desk thinking partnership, all this money I was going to make. And one day I was really sitting there miserable at a cubicle, the only cubicle I've ever had. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go talk to my managing partner and find out like what's going on here. So his name was Milt Fortson. Walked into Milt's office. And within about 15 minutes, he looks at me and he says, Rob, he says, let me ask you this. You're a superstar, but is this what you really want to do? And I told him, I said, you know, Milt, I'm probably talking myself out of a job, but I don't want to be an accountant, man. I, I'm in the wrong profession. Right, <laughs> right. Me, yeah. now, he, then don't I be even one. told him, I said, you know, I'm not even a detailed guy. And he looks at me with this look of horror on his face mm -hmm. and says, wait a minute, you're not a detail-oriented guy? What the hell are you doing in public accounting for? And I go, you're right, Milt. I'm out, man. I'm going to mm -hmm. look for something else. And then I took a totally different tact. I was like a sailboat, you know. The 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 the, the trap that I see people get, especially people that work in big companies, is their whole world starts to revolve around the big company people. The same people that are in the company. You know, they got their work friends. They got their they do you know cocktails on Friday. You know, it becomes the big group thing, right? Group and thing, then everybody right? you know starts thinking that, and I go, you know, so. Another conversation last week with a transitioning Air Force pilot, and he's been he's been out a couple of years. And he says, "I was on the ramp. I think he flew C one thirties, or no, 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 he flew C fives. He flew the big C five galaxies." And he says, "I was on the ramp one day, and I saw a Gulfstream five pull up, and I had this epiphany. My buddies were all looking at the airplane, going, man, wouldn't it be great?'" to fly that and he's looking at the guy getting off the airplane he goes no i don't want to fly the Gulfstream five i want to be the guy getting off of it 
there you go. It's like, it's, that's a great, yeah, that's a great, uh, that's a great observation. You know, it's like, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. You and know then, what? That That's very interesting because some people call that God's grace. Yeah. Other people just call it recognizing the intangibles. You have to have the ability to be awake in the present moment to recognize things like that. Because yeah. most people in his position are probably sitting there daydreaming about the next flight or something. But he was actively engaged in the moment. He saw that. That's an epiphany. That could be a game changer for him in his lifetime. Yeah. So, you know, so he get you know he gets it. He's like, I want to be that guy. But coming back to what I was saying about people that, you know, people that are, are you know, just hanging out with their their work buddies, yeah. you know, and, and the military guys. Like, you know, when I was in the military, we hung out with all our loser military buddies. Not military guys are losers, but you know, it's like my buddies were all. They were all in this, you know, blinders on and nobody was looking outside and you're going, Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, you're a 30 year old manager, 30 something year old manager inside. You know, uh, I'm just going to say, yeah, I'm going to say, say GE engines, you know, GE aviation, you know, GE aero engines, you know, you've heard the right to reach out to a couple people at some of the big leasing companies say, Hey, what do you do? Tell me more. And it's, you're not asking them for anything. You're not saying I want a job. You're not saying, you know, you're really not asking for anything more than their time. You're saying, tell me what you do and how did you get there? And the more conversations you have, you know, it starts out like this big funnel. And then it shrinks, right? Do, 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 yeah. do, 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 to the point where you're going, that's the direction I want to go. Yeah. Right. But it all comes with big, it all comes with big conversations. Yeah, it's all comes to conversation. Yeah, and you've got to accumulate the wisdom. You have to be educated. You have to have mental acuity, you know, which is not only emotional intelligence, but you've got to understand how life works. And they don't teach you that in college. When I was working with SF, there was a guy that was on the team. His first name's Tyler. The guy actually has won two silver stars, which is not easy to do. Okay. And he was going downrange. And I said, you know what? And we got into these discussions about how to be successful. This guy wanted to be truly the guy, okay? High school education had a GED equivalent. And, and I started talking with him about, you know, how he could get to the next step. He clearly needed to, to have a greater understanding of how the world worked. And I told him, I said, you know, he asked me, well, what should I read? I said, well, three things, history philosophy, and biographies. He said, why is that? I said, history instructs us in how to be prudent. Philosophy instructs us, instructs one how to live, how to live properly, how to, how to live uh, virtuously, you know, how to live the right way. Mm -hmm. And biographies instruct us how to be successful, how to follow in the footsteps of those people that have been extremely successful. So we started this books in a box thing, and I would take 12 books. I took four books from each of those three genres, packed them in a box and sent them uh, downrange. He and his team read those. And two guys have actually gone on to HBS, Harvard mm -hmm. Business School. He went on to get his, not only his college degree, but an MBA from Wharton. Nice. I mean, all these guys, it it's amazing. I saw him about probably 18 months ago. He came, he came over to the house we made him dinner. He came over with his boss. 
his boss said, Rob, I can't believe the transformation of these guys, man. They are just smart dudes. He goes, what the hell did you do anyways? And I talked about the books in a box thing and they replicated that thing. So now they're sending like books and boxes to all kinds of people downrange now. And it was because, you know, a lot of times you can want to be the man mm -hmm. or, you, or you can want to be the guy and you know all the things you're supposed to do. But if you don't understand how to do it, if you don't have the wisdom Mm -hmm. and the temperance and the courage to execute you're never going to do it right so i tell young people read history read philosophy read biographies and you will find that you will be heads and shoulders above your competition in your office because you'll be able to to think a lot better you'll be able to outthink people yep. and you know the most important thing that i think for these guys is to think virtuously based upon mm -hmm. the four great virtues, as opposed to what everybody else does now. Everybody else is into this Machiavellian politics. Oh, dog yeah. Eat dog, plant politics. You know, all mm -hmm. that gets you to maybe the VP level. Right. But the guys that are the CEOs, the COOs, they exercise what I call virtue politics. Yep. And that's like having a, having a set of principles and standards, because people ultimately recognize that. So don't take shortcuts either. You know? Well, you know, here's the deal. Yeah, there's the old saying, if the minimums weren't the, weren't good enough, they wouldn't be the minimums. But here's what the minimums get you. Nothing. The fact of the matter is, is that the minimums put you in a position where you always hold your hand out going, mother may I. This, this quiet quitting crap where people are saying, I'll just do the minimum I need to so that I can have the maximum with my life. Well, that works until it doesn't work anymore and then one day you're going wow i i wish i had focused a little bit more because now i'm out on out in the cold you know there's no safety net there's nothing behind me i put in as much as i as much as i could in my life and, and you know when i'm talking about you know you know it's about life it's about you know what are you passion you know people have no passion for their job they're just coming in and getting a paycheck people understand that you're just here for a paycheck and they'll give you exactly what they give them which is the minimum yeah you know? yeah how do you live your life well you know i'm giving you know if you're doing that with your job you're probably living your life at the minimum right you know it's yeah. and and you're you know you know hey you have to yeah. learn how to live too. Some people are sitting there, you're, they're collecting a paycheck so they can focus on their side gig. They've got some sort of side gig work. Well, that becomes a hybrid model because you're really not focused on your side gig that much. Yeah. And you're not focused on your job that much either. So the hybrid model means nothing is great. Nothing is excellent. So, yeah, yeah the way it's, it's like I talk about becoming the guy. I'll give you a counter argument to that. So, all right. I get a call or I get a text message from a candidate of mine who who I thought was really good. Uh, he's in the financial services sector. I'm not going to mention his name, but he sends me a he sends me a text on Friday and he says, hey, he says. Uh, I got a two percent raise. He goes two percent raise. It, it, it seems kind of low, you know, he says it. I wonder if that's normal. Well, of course, a two percent raise is not normal. Right. So I call up somebody in the company and i asked and I, and I said something i said uh, hey such and such got a two percent raise i'm just wondering like is there a problem what's happening you know and the response was i don't know you know um we're not really sure they should be reviewing and he should have gotten some sort of uh 
of a warning if he's not doing his job. I call him back. He says, you know, nobody said anything. I'm just working away here, doing my job, doing X, Y, Z. I have no idea why I'm only getting a 2% raise, but he says, there's something's not right. And I would, you know, my expectations would be that somebody would engage with me and tell me what the hell's going on here, you know? And that leads to a, a related topic called quiet firing. Right. He's basically being quietly fired. Okay. Correct. And that's what's going on. So, you know, it's a two way street. How do you prevent quiet quitting? Well, then companies should stop quietly firing people because I, people I, aren't I, stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I totally agree. Yeah, no. And if, that comes if down you're to... sitting there in your job and you're, and you're busting your ass, but for some reason you're not the right color, you know, you, you don't believe in the same thing. Your mm -hmm. politics are not in alignment. Uh, whatever the case may be, the, right. the, the, the guy or the gal doesn't like the way you part your hair. They don't like your background, your college. Yep. Tell the guy, don't just ignore the guy because if the, if if you ignore people, yep, they're gonna they're gonna mess you up. They're gonna quietly quit. You know, once again, yeah, once again, if you're giving somebody the minimum, you can expect to get the minimum exactly, back. Exactly, exactly. And the minimum, accepting the minimum, puts you in a very weak position. It's just hey, yeah, exactly. it's a very it, yeah. I don't care whether you're the employer who's giving nothing. Or the employee who's giving nothing, you give what you get in life. And yeah. that's where I was talking to this young fellow. I'm like, look, you're pretty ambitious. And I like the questions he's asking. Now, you're ambitious. Become that person. Become the credible excellent. You know, and this takes a little bit of, you know, look, there's nothing wrong with self-promotion. There's nothing wrong right, with, right. there's nothing wrong with, hey, I noticed this. You know, in some, you know, I noticed this. Here's my thoughts on it. Be it, you know, I noticed this in the aviation in, in the aviation market, and here's what the leasing companies are saying about, you know, our engines. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I yeah. think I think this is a great response, and you and you send it to your boss and three or four other people. At least your name's in front of them, right? And you put a credible statement in front of them. There's nothing wrong with going to a conference and telling people, hey, I'm going to be there. And, and this is my little this is my little domain. I'm really good with this right here. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to meet with you. If you have any questions about what's happening, I'd yeah. love to talk to you about it. Yeah, yeah. it's a little bit of self-promotion. Yeah. I think the best way to do that, actually, it's a little bit it's a little bit more riskier than what you're advocating. Mm -hmm. I think what I recommend people doing is maybe get a little bit of buy-in before you go into the meeting, but, but, but just pick up an important meeting where people are doing group think mm -hmm. and you go in there and you play the devil's advocate or, or the red team, or you come up with a pretty good solution. And, and then, you know, hopefully it's going to go over. Well, most times people aren't going to shoot you right down. They're going to say, Hey, thanks a lot for that. I appreciate it. We'll take it under consideration. And then you go to your boss and then you say, Hey, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't out of line in this meeting. There was some group think they were thinking about doing X, Y, and Z. I said, what about A, B, and C? Mm -hmm. And like nine times out of 10, that guy's going to say, no, you, you did the right thing. We want people to voice their opinions. That's a home run, man. That's how you get promoted. Yep. And right. if you do it in a meeting, here's what else happens. People are not going to mess with you mm -hmm. because everybody knows the guy that's a devil advocate or the gal mm -hmm. is the one with the most courage. Mm -hmm. People don't mess with other people 
to have courage because courage is so sorely lacking now, generally speaking, in our uh, society. People yeah. are just waffler. People want to be kind. They want to be gentle. They want to be grateful. I'm so freaking mm-hmm. sick and tired of hearing that bullshit, you know? Let's just do our job, man, you know? Well, Let's well, just yeah. do the job. I want to be the best that I can be, and I'm going to take. I'm going to help you take this company to the next level. But, That's but what gets you promoted. Man. But here's the issue. You, you, you know, look, you talk about everybody wants to be kind. Being kind comes in different forms. You know, being kind in business means telling a low performer that their services would probably be better off used elsewhere. Now yeah. you're being kind to that person. You're firing them. And you're saying, you know, you're not happy here. We're not happy with you here. We're giving you the opportunity to go move on. Yeah. You know, you're being kind by being honest. You're being kind to the rest of the people because you know, A players hate B, hate low performers. Can't stand them. So you're being kind to your A performers because now they're not having to pick up the slack of a low you know, you know, So the, this, we're going to be kind thing really yeah. means, look, have hard conversations. You know, you don't need to go punch somebody in the mouth. You may just need to say, hey, we're going to give you the opportunity to go work somewhere else. We're going to give you 30 days to walk out the door. You know, here's your, you know, here's your, your, your benefit. We'll give you your benefits for 60 days, whatever. You got to go. That's being kind. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to punch them in the mouth and say, get out. That's yeah. not being, you know, so that, right. you know, everybody has this mistake that, well, we, we can't hurt feelings. Well, yeah, yeah no, that doesn't, I'm, I'm beyond that. So I'm going to go back to uh, something that we talked about about 10 minutes or so ago. And that is know yourself, finding yourself. So how do people do that? Well, one of the things is that personality and assessment profiling, behavior yeah. profiling, I think it's very, very effective. Mm-hmm. There are actually tests out there that people can take that will indicate that are very strong predictors of what you would be successful at, what, whether it be finance or, or business or marketing or the sciences or education, the humanities. In your case, the guy sitting at his desk thinking, what should I, you know, what should What's I be doing here? Should yeah. I be doing marketing? Maybe I'm better in sales or maybe I, I, I should stay in finance because maybe I'm not doing that well in finance. Well, maybe it's because you're in the wrong profession or the wrong function within that company. I think, you know, look, sometimes to, to think about it, so. the analogy I use is that people get dropped in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night and there's no stars and no moon. They're trying to figure out which, which direction is land, right? And that's that's a lot of life. You know, like you, you can go, oh, my gosh, yeah, you're rowing. You're rowing for an hour and you're going, am I going the right direction? And then you turn and you go, yeah. you row for an hour and you, you wear yourself out just trying to figure out. Whereas I knew this doctor and we're going back to being the guy. It was a, we used to play a lot of golf with him. He was a customer of mine, good for, became a good friend. And I hadn't talked to him in a long time. Um, he taught orthopedics at Wake Forest University. But all he specialized in is hands. You need them to work, somebody to work on knees. He goes, nope, hands. I'm a hand surgeon. And that's all he did. It became very focused. So he became the guy when it came to hands. Well, you know, now he just did, you know, when I last taught you, all he did was pro bono pediatric work. 
And he actually held a patent. You know, you're love this. He held a patent for Botox. Huh. Because the original, as he was explaining it to me, the original purpose of Botox was hand surgeons used to over tighten the tendons to the bone. When they rebuilt the hands, they would, they would, they would over tight, which caused different problems. He goes, Well, the answer we came up with was not to over tighten the tendons, but to weaken the muscle so that the tendons could adhere naturally. So you wouldn't right. pull it. So they invented Botox, which is a muscle which was would paralyze the muscles for you know a couple of weeks or whatever, how long, you know, however long it lasts, allow the tendons to heal. Botox wears off, hands start to work again. But Andy was, you think about, he was the guy in orthopedic surgery because he was incredibly focused on one thing, hands. Yeah. And that's it. Right, you're right. Yeah. And you think about your insurance practice. Yeah. You're incredibly focused on one thing. Yeah. Four positions in a certain metro area and your phone is always ringing. (laughs) It's always ringing. Right. Because... People are like, we need this person, call Rob. And that's how people need, you know, that's what people need to do is they just, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, stop picking up shiny objects and, you know, stop shifting directions. Well, maybe I'll do this, maybe do that. Pick something, go, go a direction, stick yeah. with it, become an expert. Yeah, I think uh, there's some other things too. You've got to be determined. You have to have determination. But I think what we're talking about is, you're using the, the analogy of in the ocean. What you're talking about is if you're in a sailboat, you want to be able to see your destination. It mm-hmm. makes things a lot easier. You're, you're laser focused on getting from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. This other stuff like determination, mental acuity, interpersonal relations, that's just the fuel that goes in the engine or the wind that goes in the sail. The most important thing is you've got to have a start and you have to have a finish. You have to, you have to know where you're going. You, you've got to have that self-realization. Yeah. And I think that's when so the, the introspection comes in and goes, what am I really, what am I really looking for? Where do I want to go? Yeah. Right. Where do I want to go? And I think, you know, figuring out where you want to go, becoming the guy, becoming the resource that people go to. Do I think what you want to do. I think you all took, here's how you know that you've arrived, right? You walk into the boardroom and the chairman sees a sea of dark blue suits, white shirts, in red ties, right? And you're down at the end of the table and somebody makes a proposal and someone says, how the hell are we going to do that? And somebody points down at you at the end of the table and your advocate says, because he specializes in the impossible. That's when you know you're the guy in the boardroom. When everybody looks be the at, next CEO. When everybody looks at you and says, Rob, how do we get this done? <laughs> you know, and, 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 and you, and you look and you've got the answer. Because yeah, 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 it's like it's like you're the Gronk of you're the master of your industry, you're the master of your job, you're the master of your product. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to know everything, but you have to be able to, to drill down and go, all right, this is what I do know, and I know it well. And it has to be, you know, no one can question, you know, you know, it's you know, the I don't know, but I'll find out, sir. Yeah. That only works so many times. Yeah, and you have to know thyself too. Yep. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. So Labor Day weekend. What you doing tomorrow? Barbecue and baseball, man. There you go. Did you watch any football last night? Oh uh, yeah, I've been watching football since Thursday. The uh starting off with the West Virginia Pittsburgh game, and then last night Ohio State 
Notre Dame was a great game. Alabama just just crushed whoever in the heck they were playing. That was a <laughs> joke, man. I watched Ohio a little bit. Good this year. I watched a little bit of the Ohio State beat Notre Dame. So uh, yeah. yeah, that was a good game. Anyway, cool. How do people get a hold of you, Rob? They can uh, reach my website www.mrfairfax.com. They can reach out to me via email, Rob at mrfairfax.com. I'm all over social media, LinkedIn, everything else. Uh, and again, I, I appreciate you having me on again, Craig, and uh, we'll talk next week. Rob, and, and Rob's got some awesome blogs always on LinkedIn, so look them up. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Thanks, that. Rob. Yep. Thanks for Have a great weekend. On. Talk soon. See you. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.